This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 13, Infested. That's her. She's the one you want. It has come to my attention that you have stolen our shipment of spice. Return it to us, and we will consider this issue resolved. Not sure what he's been telling you, but we don't have any spice. Kill them all. Wait, we don't have the spice on us, but we know where it is. My patience is wearing very thin. If you know where the spice is, then you should have no problem retrieving it. Welcome back, fellow troopers. This is TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 13, Infested. I know it sounds like I'm saying invested, but it's not. It's infested. Not cockroaches, not uh, stockbrokers. Something in between. An alien, if you will. Ooh. Oh, God, an infestation of stockbrokers would not be a fun place to be, would it? I don't know. That's Wall Street for you. Mm. <laughs> the Galactic Wall Street Empire. There you go. I think that was uh, that was Phantom Menace, wasn't it? Oh, God, that was. <laughs> it was the Trade Federation. <laughs> Welcome back, fellow troopers. Yes, we are here, and we're talking about The Bad Batch. I am Chris, and I am joined by the illustrious, the editor supreme, the Sith Lord, the ultimate Derek. Oh, thanks, Chris. Yes, yes, just two of us here uh, on the fully vaccinated TV podcast industries. We're all, all three of us fully vaccinated. So John has taken a break and gone and played golf. Uh, it's as if we've been holding him uh, captive for the last year doing podcasting. Uh, we have been waiting on his vaccination because he ran out the door as soon as his uh, as his week was up after taking his Pfizer um, and, went and, and went and had played golf. So you've well, got just the two of us for star wars yes this. and it's a good thing now he is fully vaxxed his 5g signal is uh-huh. huge and we can get him anywhere we can c- contact him anywhere on the planet in the middle of a golf course which it is, is uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> it's pretty cool isn't it <laughs> but we're not here to talk about our vaxes or 5g signal no 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 we're talking mm-hmm. about the bad batch and we are in the final act if you will of the bad batch and mm. things are getting things are getting buggy How's that? Yes, they are. You know, it's really funny, uh, fellow troopers. Uh, myself and Chris have been just setting up the last 20 minutes, just chatting away about, you know, our weeks and things going on and TV shows and movies. And I haven't even asked Chris what he thought about this episode. So uh, it's going to be interesting to uh, to mm-hmm. get into this with just the two of us. Um, the 13th episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, episode 16, is the final one for the season. So only three more after this episode um, and after the big I suppose Ryloth arc uh, that we talked about the last two episodes have been uh, been really really good, and now a a smaller episode uh, for episode thirteen. Yeah, that that's um unlucky thirteen. Someone might say some yeah. may say lucky thirteen. You'll have to keep listening to find out what exactly. it is in our opinions. <laughs> but exactly. If you're joining us for Lucky 13 for the first time, head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to us on any trooping or cloned podcast player, catcher, and beyond. We're on all the usual spots. But you can also head on over to TV Podcast Industries to leave us a voicemail and give us your feedback on each individual episode or towards the end of the season, give us your old wrap-up. Don't want to hear your voice, your own dulcet tones on this podcast. Why not head on over? 
and just give us a quick email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and we will read it out. That's mm-hmm. too much. Why not head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where we have a spoiler post for each and every episode. And you can just, well, Derek will make sure it's there few minutes yep. after the, the the shows go live and you can type in your thoughts and we'll read them out at the end of our recording. Yes, while I'm sitting there eating my cereal, watching the Bad Batch, I usually post Saturday up a, morning uh, cartoons. In this case, it's Friday. Friday morning cartoons. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and we've also finished our coverage of Loki. We did our wrap-up episode, um, finished our pub quiz and awarded our... Loki goodies to uh, Salim Akizler, uh, who has won the uh, the pub quiz for this season. We'll be back with another pub quiz on the next Marvel podcast that we're doing, which is What If Next Month, staying with animation for uh, a while, um, which is really good because uh, we've done a lot of animation this year. Remember at the start of the year, we were saying we hadn't done anything uh, before we did Invincible. And I now know. this is going to be our third yeah. uh, animation podcast uh, as we get into August, which is cool. But let's get into Star Wars The Bad Batch, Chris. We shall. Well, before... We even jump into the synopsis. Do you want to tell us who gave us what? Yes, I will. Uh, executive producer on this show every week, uh, Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, this episode was written by Amanda Rose Munez, uh, who wrote episode six of uh, of this show and was a script supervisor on all of the other animated Star Wars shows. Uh, also, someone else that's over from all of the other Star Wars uh, animated shows is uh, director Sol Ruiz, uh, directed five episodes so far of this season. Uh, sixth episode, I think, uh, if I've got my count right, uh, and also directed on many of the other animated shows as well. Yes. Well, they definitely gave us an episode. Do you want to tell us exactly what they gave us with your synopsis? Sure. When the Bad Batch return to Ord Mantell from another dangerous job for Sid, they find that she has been ousted by a young smuggler named Roland Durand. Hunter decides they must escape, but Sid is waiting for them at their ship. She threatens to expose them unless they help her get her parlour back. As Roland is trying to prove he's a capable smuggler, Sid wants to embarrass him in front of his clients from the Pike Syndicate. They are going to use Ord Montel's vast cave network to sneak back to Sid's former office and steal the shipment, six cases of spice, before the pikes can collect. There are only a few problems. They have to traverse the cave network in silence as it's infested with dangerous creatures called earlings, and Sid has entrusted her barflies, Bolo and Ketch, to create a distraction by kidnapping Durand's pet Ruby. Ruby proves too difficult to handle for the drunken duel, and Durand is on the Bad Batch's trail far sooner than Sid had hoped. As Sid and the Bad Batch race back through the mines with the stolen spice, pursued by Durand's forces, the commotion awakens the hive of earlings. They narrowly escape the dangerous attackers, but lose the spice at the centre of the tunnels. When Durand's clients arrive, they are furious at the situation. They kill his forces, capture Durand, and threaten to make his entire family pay for this slight. The Pikes hold Amiga hostage and force the Bad Batch to retrieve the spice or the kid gets it. Once Tech has figured out that the Earlings are sensitive to all forms of light, Sid and Wrecker are able to recover the drugs and return them to the Pike Syndicate, resolving the problem. Despite protests from Sid and Omega, Durand has a horn removed by the Pikes as punishment for his failure. As they leave, the Pikes' actions may have brought them head-to-head with Ronald's notorious mother, Issa Durand. There you have it, folks. Definitely... An episode of The Bad Batch. We'll get into it, but before I even colour anyone's judgement, uh-huh. Derek, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> um, 
I have said before when we have episodes of this of the show, what I try and look for are things that may connect it to the future of yes. the show. What's kind of interesting about the show is there's a lot of new characters introduced here um, with Ronald Durand and his and his league that come in and take over from Sid. They're brand new. They're, I haven't seen them before. He seems to mention them, uh, mentions his mother as if she's this massive figure in in books or comics or uh, or some other form of Star Wars, and she's not. Uh, the only people that are, are the Pike Syndicate, which we will talk about in our in our main blaster points for the episode. We'll talk a little bit about the Pike Syndicate, who they are, and what they're about. Um, but uh, it it seemed like oh okay, well you're setting something up potentially for the future, but it the basics of the story are they get back. Sid has her business gone. It's she's been outed by somebody else, and then the episode ends, and everybody leaves, and Sid has her business back, which is the traditional definition of a filler episode, right? <laughs> yeah. So this was my one problem with this episode because it was a fun jaunt. It was interesting. Mm. I I did actually think potentially that the the Durans were a big thing from Rebels that I just wasn't aware of, and I was like, like especially with the the, the horn being pulled off. I was hoping that was maybe the origin of him. And you're always like, you never know how he had lost his horn. And now we find right. out how he lost his horn. That answers that question. It's not. It's not. That. But, okay. Because <laughs> I've but, never seen it before. Yeah. yeah. I, I kept thinking because there is a, a background character. I'm sure you remember this from when you were a kid, Chris, in Star Wars, A New Hope. There was a character that looked exactly like the devil that was in the background. Yes. Two horns, red skin. But this guy's got green skin. So I was like, I guess he's the same species. Uh, as as that character, uh, but he's not the same character. So no. uh, for, so I was put off guard from the start uh, on that. But no, uh, no, no, nothing in existence before. But we will see if it will play into something yes, else in the future. Exactly. And I think I think my final line of the synopsis makes me think we're having two syndicates going up against each other with the Pikes um, threatening and taking the horn of uh, of Ronald Durand and the mention of what Issa Durand, his mother, could possibly do in the future. Makes you think that these two may go up against each other. In a future episode or a future season. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but, but just as we get into it, do want to call out Spice. Yes. We are in the week where the first trailer for Doom has dropped. <laughs> and central character point as its own is mm-hmm. the Spice Melange in Dune's, Frank Herbert's Dune universe. Mm-hmm. And in this week, it's almost like Disney went, you know what? Here, we're dropping our spice as well. You know what? You get, hey, spice for every wood. Oh, Different Chris. type of spice, but. Do you not remember how Han Solo sold himself as, as doing the Kessel run for the spice mines? He mm-hmm. was, the spice has been a central part of the Star Wars mythos. You know, it took me years because we watched these, again, we watched those movies when we were kids. It took me years to realize that spice was effectively the heroine of of the Star Wars galaxy. I'd never connected it. I was like, oh, they want spice. So spice when you're a kid is things you put on food. <laughs> but <laughs> as the movies go on and as the TV shows go on, you obviously realize that spice is this commodity being traded uh, across the galaxy. Clearly heroin. Uh, so, yeah. So let's get into the mm. discussion of the spice with our first blaster point for this episode. Yeah. Sid and the Bad Batch spoil the spice. I like what you did there. I didn't even know I wrote that. I thought I wrote steal the spice. That was my spelling. Oh, it's even better. Okay. It was kismet. It just had to come out. Yeah, spoiling the spice because, wow, uh, this this was a fun overall. We we get 
Oh no, Sid's gone. Oh no, Sid's dead. No, Sid's alive. Sid's going to get even, not angry. Uh And steal that spice. Isn't Sid a much more central character than you thought she was going to be? With uh, Voiced by Rhea Rhea Perlman. Um, When we saw her on the start of the show, we were all excited because we're going, (laughs) I didn't expect Rhea Perlman to be doing a voice on on this Star Wars TV show. And she seems much bigger character uh, than she has been in the past. And we've kind of mentioned a few times about whether the Bad Batch are going to like sever ties with Sid now that they're uh, now that they have accomplished a, a number of things over the course of the of the show, and then suddenly they're back here after another mission that they've done. Another, another few weeks have passed since they had that adventure on Ryloth, effectively. So, um, so yeah, I just wasn't expecting them to be back here, back in the same situation. But that's why these kind of episodes, these uh, these kind of um, one-off adventure episodes happen. It feels really like first, second season of, of Clone Wars uh, more than anything else because it's Can just a, a simple that? adventure. It is a couple of weeks. Because uh, well, a, the, few, a few days or a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, because the way... Hmm. Some time has passed, let's say. Okay, I, I get that. The way they were just describing it, though, mm. the, the, when they were talking about they're just coming back from that other job, yeah. I... To be fair, it just breezed over my head. Uh-huh. That I was thought they were literally talking about last week's episode and escaping last week. Right. Uh, but no, okay, that makes even more sense. So this does bring me back to, why are they back with Sid? <laughs> we have we had speculated that they might have been finishing up with Sid because they didn't, yes. need, uh, didn't need it. But again, as we said before, this is how you get your central idea of them being able to go off on little missions here and there for an episode that doesn't play into the overall... Um, situation like at the start of this episode when we see uh duran's men uh standing around the room i was going hang on a second is that crosshairs man have they found yeah. him already because that was the setup at the end of last week's episode but this doesn't play into that it's kind of just saying there's been a bit of a passage of time so potentially that's how crosshair will catch up with them because he has had some time now between uh the last episode and when he will catch up with them uh, as the, the the rest of the episodes go on so uh so i think it's just that's partly what this does to it this episode is there for and there to accomplish is just to say there are other things going on so it doesn't feel like when you have um them being tracked by crosshair he doesn't just appear the next day he could have done that anytime but if you have an episode that shows a passage of time it means it's taken him a little bit longer to find them effectively yeah. so that's that's some uh, that's one of the accomplishments one other thing i want to point out about these kind of episodes is this is an animated show and, and people who work in animation really want to show off their skills. And there's a couple of moments in this episode, particularly in this uh, initial scene with Sid going to take the uh, the six cases of spice from her office and going through those caves. There's a couple of moments in those scenes that are so well animated and really, really show off the skills of the team behind this show. Um, it felt like something out of Aliens in, in some moments where... Exactly. Uh, where That's Wrecker where dropped, my head went. Yeah, like where Wrecker dropped his... Uh, his um, torch into the into the hole the hive where uh, these earlings are living and you see it kind of clanging down the lighting in that is amazing it looks really live action at, at moments and then there's a really good tension that's being held there by the the sounds that are going on the echoing of the noise that's going on and this is what people who work in animation want to do is show off what they can now do these yeah. days with their skills and i think they, they've really done a great job it, it felt really tense in those moments for for the episode that's in it yeah, no, I, I agree. For me, it was actually the, I call it the Batman moment, but it's okay. not really the swarm of the, 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 the bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, that when they were literally, literally flying around and swarming the, the mine carts. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that was the spectacular moment for me. As they were they ripping looked, them apart and, yeah. and taking all of Duran's men and, and they were all falling and, and dying, effectively. Yeah. Again, did you notice that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a random splatter and one guy's head nearly got taken off. I was like, you covered it well, but <laughs> that, yeah, that's going to hurt. That's going to smart in the morning. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but that, I suppose that's what I really took out of this episode and those, at those moments is just how great they looked. I like that Sid had a plan, uh, in, from the story. I like that Sid had a plan to get them out of this. Um, I kind of liked her using, uh, the two barflies because they want their bar back, uh, <laughs> since, since, uh, her place has just been completely taken over now that Durand is in there. He seems pretty successful if he's only taken that place over a few days ago, right? Um, yeah. Because the whole bar is completely packed, you know. You see him going Almost up and getting more successful. Oh, much more successful! Yeah, yeah you but... see him going up the right behind the bartender that he has now. It's not Sid just tending bar to the two guys anymore. It's uh, a bartender with lots of bottles of what I suspect is Star Wars type champagne behind them. So uh, the place has been quite a success with uh, with Duran taking over. But he's a young upstart. Uh, Sid has the ways of taking care of him. Uh, another touch I was interested in um, when they have to go back to pick up the spice which had all been knocked off their uh off their ship that they were carrying it on um it's wrecker and sid that go and pick it up just showing how strong sid actually is because wrecker understandably he's genetically modified to be able to be strong enough to carry anything he wants to carry he's basically able to lift a a tank over his head if he wants to and you see him lifting these cart these crates over his head uh, Sid's really strong. She's stronger than it seems like any of the other Bad Batch could have done that job, but she takes on the job to do it herself because she's that strong. So uh, I thought that was quite an interesting touch. I thought it was interesting. I yeah. I, I always assumed from the body type, very uh-huh. kind of like squatty with big arms. That's why that, people don't mess with Sid. Yeah, pretty much. But I had that, <laughs> always had the vision that kind of ape almost mm-hmm. yeah. kind of body type. So, so yes, you would think gorilla type of kind of uh, um i enjoy so as the aside part this was this was goonies-esque kind of aliens bit of prometheus thrown in there Mm -hmm. um with uh, the goonies already the kind of mine carts and beyond it it was it was a fun jones chris indiana jones that too that too yeah yeah there was no no mine carts and goodies god am i really getting my 80s john williams that messed up it's only because I watched the Goonies earlier this week. Oh God, <laughs> are you are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> it's one of John's favorite movies, and he wanted to watch it, so we watched it's, it. It's still one of my favorites. <laughs> shuffle, shuffle to the max. There you go. There you go. But yes, I enjoyed the overall kind of spoiling mm. the spice, the spice caper, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. It was just. It, it it was an interesting diversion, we'll call it that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, throughout these episodes where we're podcasting about them, I'm, I am looking to see what, what I can pick out for the future. I couldn't pick out too much here, couldn't pick out too much of the connections. But the adventure was a fun little adventure for, uh, for the Bad Batch, and everything is back to normal by the end of the episode, uh, which, you know... That's our kickoff point for the last three, hopefully, and hopefully all three will be connected uh, much closer than this one is. Don't say that. Don't say that. Now you've said it, <laughs> you know it's not going to happen. No, all uh, three episodes are going to be completely disconnected. Exactly. <laughs> and it's the final 10 minutes. Yep. Uh, no, nothing else on Sid and the Bad Batch. I'm very mm-hmm. interested and I do want to talk about Blast Point number two. So I'm going to move it on, mm-hmm. which is um, 
take what you want. It's the Durand way. Yeah, like this, this something about this show. Um, one of the central themes of this show since the beginning really has been about you know Omega growing up with uh, her chosen family, effectively. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the things we've seen throughout is different types of families. Every family is different, and the way every uh, every parent deals with their children has been different. So, uh, here we're seeing someone that's a product of um a pretty uh terrifying mother by the sounds of things from Issa Durant uh, is is mentioned by by Ronald Durant uh, when. He and Omega are having their discussion when the two of them are captured and he's saying, you know, um, this was the whole thing I was taught growing up was just take what you want, effectively. And nobody nobody should mess with me and what I do. Um, and I like that Omega's response to it is, is that what your mother, what your mother taught you? And he's going, <laughs> yeah, she'd be embarrassed by me being captured, basically, because she's a terrifying woman who has done this her whole life. So uh, I like that that's a little uh, connection between the two characters that he's uh, that his mother has done. As, has turned him into what he is, I suppose. Whereas she's has grown very well being around, surrounded by the Bad Batch. She's uh, she's very compassionate. She even tries to save him, even though he's the one responsible for everything that's going on. Um, so I think that's a bit of the connection that's that's in here for the episode. Yeah. Again, I took it versus nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's also with with uh, poor old Ronald. Um, he, he is a product of both. Mm-hmm. The environment and his gen- his mother. Um, the first initial introduction for Ronald for me was, mm-hmm. oh, this this is cool. Like he's playing the part. Well, we now we learned he was playing the part, but he he was that kind of what I thought was going to be the young upcoming um, kind of gangster, and he mm-hmm. was just like ruthless and was just going to kill everyone. And the, the, the flip on it that is like, he is, but he's more just trying to prove he's capable and his mother's ten times worse, but he's not that bad, really. Yeah. It's not his fault. <laughs> I like, and I get the, again, get this as a kid show. Yeah. But, um, the, 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 himself being saved mm-hmm. at the end, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Because he is a ruthless gangster. Yeah. Well, he's he's starting on the path. I think that's the thing. He's he's trying to prove that he has these capabilities and these abilities. Sid, being uh, much more experienced, knows that he's just trying it on, effectively. He's seen an opportunity and thinks this is the way of making his name, effectively. But... uh, he didn't plan on having the bad, the bad batch and Sid uh, on his case, really, did he? So, um, which which area like, but uh, but again, the choice that's there with Sid to embarrass him effectively is the best way to get rid of this guy. You embarrass him in front of his clients, uh, the Pike Syndicate, and that will get him off your case. That will get him out of uh, of trying this again because he won't feel comfortable dealing with them again. So he's terrified from the moment the Pikes arrive because he thought this was just going to be a simple job. He's going to get them their spice, uh, have a have a deal has a bar, has a base now, and this will just be a simple job. But uh, everybody seems to know in the galaxy, you don't mess with the Pikes. So uh, I like that that's the plan from Sid is to, is as I say, to, to embarrass him and undercut this idea that he has that of just jumping into um, this uh, this life. Yeah, I, um, I didn't take it that he was embarrassed. I more that he was fearful that he would be killed. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, but- that was the, the, the fe- I think is this 
dance with the devil and get the horns type. If that, mm-hmm. if that, if that's that adage I can invoke. But he has the horns, Chris. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, they had horns in their face. Down dance the with, dance with the devil and you'll lose a horn. Okay. That there you go. even better and on point. <laughs> There you go. Um, my only so my only problem with this mm-hmm. is that, and again, will it will only be a problem at the end of the series, right? If there is no further Durand mm-hmm. presence, um, if we get is a Durand or we get the Durand syndicate, and if they were part of or like a key member of the Shadow Collective, I like. Darth Maul's kind of crime syndicate mm-hmm. that we we find out in, like, say, for example, I think it was the end of Solo. We we yes. saw yes. we saw him there, and now it had been in Clo- I think it was Clone Wars. He was reintroduced and things like that. He was, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but in the more updated cinematic universe, it was Han Solo's Solo mm-hmm. story. Um, that so was a big surprise, yeah. Yes, exactly. And everyone was like, who, dead, especially why, for, huh? Yeah, especially people who hadn't seen Clone Wars. It was a, a, and it was a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but if if they were a major part of that syndicate, or if they are going to be some huge element mm-hmm. of something, yeah. then this makes sense. If they aren't... Yeah. Then they are literally a story foil. They are a, 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 a literally. It's not a, a, a great use of this episode. Yeah, because you'd, you'd expect something like this would ha- allow you to learn something new about the characters you already know. If it's a one-off story, you should learn something new about the Bad Batch, or learn something new about Amiga, or learn something new about uh, about Sid. Um, well, we already knew Sid was a pretty badass kind of character we knew that yeah. she's able to protect herself and she has a plan that's that's always been her uh nothing else really learned about the rest of the characters uh that we didn't know already at least at this time in the season so so you're right maybe there is something coming up but that said chris it is interesting you mentioned the shadow collective because let's blaster point number three it uh the spice loving pikes are future members of the shadow collective under darth maul at least those that survive they are um, yes so uh, we have seen Pikes before. Uh, we've uh, seen them in Clone Wars. Um, they play a big part in, in multiple episodes, including episodes right up to season seven. Um, do you remember the Martell sisters that we had earlier on in this season, Chris? Yeah, uh, I the, do. Uh, the sisters that were um, that were working with Omega. Um, they had a run-in with the Pikes um, over on uh, on Clone Wars as well. So um, effectively, the Pikes control pretty much all of the spice in the galaxy it runs through them they either ship it out or they or they're taking it in to transport it to other people so whenever you've heard spice they've been involved you mentioned solo chris the pikes made their live action debut uh in solo there is a there is a a, a quite a big moment on uh, on a planet um where the pike syndicate is in control and is trying to uh, is trying to um, get slaves working the spice mines. That's where the Wookiees are captured. The whole Wookiee society effectively mm-hmm. is there as their slaves. Um, the reason why it's interesting is because we've mentioned the particular scene so many times, the robot revolution of L337, <laughs> which she creates as a distraction. That's where they're doing their spice mining. So everybody there, that's the Pikes. So there you go. So interesting, they've been in live action, they've been in uh, Clone Wars, and now they're appearing uh, over here on Bad Batch. So Weirdly, they're the most important uh, characters that have that are introduced in this episode to the Bad Batch, and really, what they're what's 
the most interesting thing that we've seen is once they threaten someone in this galaxy, it's pretty likely that that person who's been threatened follows their orders because everybody seems to be terrified of them. They have this massive syndicate themselves running spice for many, many uh, systems. So there's someone to be scared of is is basically what the, the baggage that they come with into this episode. Once you see them, um, you're going to have to do exactly what they say. And that, that happens multiple times in this episode. There's no question from Roland Durant that he's going to get this spice back. Um, the Bad Batch stand up to them, but there's no question from Sid that she's going to comply and do that thing that she said she wasn't going to do. They have to go back to that cave with the earlings in it, even though she was terrified of them the first time they went through. She's much more terrified of what the Pikes will do to her. So uh, so that, I think that's quite interesting. I found them cool. I think that's why they are the... I have to say the great unknown, but the the great unknown. <laughs> they, they for me are. I, I did actually forget that they had their live action debut in Solo. Mm. I have to go back and watch that actually soon. It's I, it's actually a lot better than I remember. Each yeah. time I watch it gets better. Actually, yeah. that's probably the way I'll say it. Yeah, yep. no, I, th- I think I'm gonna have to go back and watch that again too, just because the, there's they seem to be pulling a lot of connection points from some yeah. of the more darker, seedier, scum and villainy side of uh, the the universe for Bad Batch. Well, it's one of the big movies, really, that took place between now and A New Hope, effectively. That's that's one of the next big touch points that was trying to touch on those big things that were happening in the galaxy, which Bad Batch is touching on as well. So um, some some point we may uh, start to connect in Rogue One uh, into this uh, show in the future, you know? Ooh, (laughs) that's interesting. Um, So, yes, so with the the Pikes... um, I, d- I never actually thought uh, of Spice as being heroin, but that makes even more sense now. Um, right. I just knew it was a drug, but then I'm like, oh, it was when he took the bar out on this one. Mm, yeah. And they checked yeah. it. I was like, oh, they're not even hiding it now. Well done. <laughs> okay. It's not like a pile of Coke uh, yeah. in a big bag. It's, it's, yeah, it seems like heroin. But that, yeah. again, it, it's to represent any drug. It's not necessarily saying it is heroin. It's representing any drug that would be shipped uh, in these back channels, I suppose. It's spice. Yeah. <laughs> it is your mum's tarragon with a bit of, we'll say, curry powder. There Something you like, go. yeah, maybe yeah, that's it. Maybe. That's maybe. it. All, all we know is that. Uh, in the whole Frank Herbert uh, system of Dune, everybody fights over it and destroys planets over this stuff. Yes, but, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So this this was interesting. It was just it was fun to see their ferociousness, mm-hmm. the the ferocity of these guys. That uh, they were like, no, their blood still is needed on this. Like you need to, someone has to pay. Yeah, and. Then it's again Omega saving the day to a degree. Well, say he's saving a Duran's life. Yeah, that that he only uses a horn. See, I am I'm not even sure if she had anything to do with that herself. And Sid protest about it because they think he's going to die. But I don't know. I think uh, the Pike's pretty much saying that they're not going to kill him. They're they they threatened if he didn't get the spice back for them that they would go after his family, kill all of them, and and punish all of them as well for what he's done and then they still take the horn off him so i'm not too sure whether this was just one of those uh one of those things he could still be useful to, to us so let's not damage him too much let's just take a, take a horn but it's still quite a significant punishment um for uh for him for what happened does he not, his horns not grow back i don't know it's like you, you have like this stubby little horn and then this big yeah. horn it's just like oh yeah. you're, you're stubble Looks like looks like uh, Sylvie from from Loki. Yeah, <laughs> just the one, just the one horn. Just the one <laughs> horn. Um, but there you have it. Hmm. 
that kind of covers our main three. Yeah, yeah. There's not not a huge amount, as as we said, not a huge amount going on uh, in this episode overall, um, and certainly not a huge amount of connections to the to the future episode. But a fun little adventure, though. It it was. Um, mm-hmm. I just really w- I'm going to save it for the wrap up. Any notes before we get there? That was it. Nope, not a huge amount else going on in the episode. Just as I say, calling out how good the animation is in the episode and and how exciting what they've put together in this episode is in comparison to some of the other animated shows I watch. This is significantly more exciting, even in episodes like this that don't connect to the overall story, or at least haven't yet. Um, I, I think they they do such a great job of making these interesting episodes and making every frame matter. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So I'm going to wrap it up there, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about our thoughts. So before I get into mine... What did you overall think of this episode of 13 of Bad Batch Infested? I've said for we're on our 599th episode now, whoop, and I've whoop. said before I, I hate um, rating individual episodes because simply this is the 13th episode of the season. Right now, this would be probably my lowest ranking episode of the season so far if I was to be ranking them. But next week could come along and there could be something brand new. This could be creating, as I say, the battle between possibly the Pike Syndicate and... The uh, the Duran Syndicate that could be the setup for the last three episodes the last three episodes of the season. Um, it was just a fun little adventure. It was distracting uh, for the twenty two minutes it was on. Enjoyed enjoyed it. Um, no particular complaints. No particular praise uh, for this episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I probably wouldn't revisit it uh, very often in the rest of the season unless something massive happened here that we missed. Um, how about yourself, Chris? What do you think overall? That is exactly how I felt. Your your comments. No complaints, but no praise. Um, if anything, I'm leaning closer to the complaints than I am at like a 50-50 split. More mm-hmm. just because we've always said, that, and it, it's come from you, which is we don't mind these filler episodes. And it literally is the definition. The, like The status quo was changed at the beginning and then returned by the end. Mm. So nothing happened theoretically that we know of yet again if the Durands come on to become the next big thing in the break or in the future if Ronald is a central character if Sid has started a war uh, Mm -hmm. or and now she must flee in the beginning of the next then it's all fine but essentially we went from point A in a lovely journey and then back to point A yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you've shown us over the last couple of episodes that the story is heating up. Yeah. I feel that this just slammed on the story breaks. Slammed, it didn't slam on the action, but it slammed on the story breaks. Mm-hmm. And, okay, maybe we get the next three, and that's just like because it becomes progressively the pacing needed to slow so that they could progressively build the tension up and up and up and up to the crescendo of the finale. Mm. Again, time will tell for these things. Exactly. But I think that's it. No praise, no complaints. It just was. It, it, it's not going to be one of those, as of yet we know, one of those must-watch episodes in the future to go yeah. back to. 
you never know because uh, every time uh, characters are introduced on screen, I always look up where whether they've appeared in, in previous episodes and then go back and watch the episode or the movie or whatever it is. So uh, the Pikes, for example, I went back and watched those scenes in uh, in Solo. So the next time Durand appears in three seasons time, uh, we'll be looking back to this episode to find out how he was introduced and why he's the way he is and why he only has one horn. <laughs> so you never know. All those things could be important. Uh, one thing I completely forgot to mention, um, Sid's still threatening the Bad Batch. Uh, at the beginning of this episode <laughs> like you know they haven't built up any trust at all and the bad batch either when they find out her place has been overturned and taken they just go all right that's us off get your stuff <laughs> go get some stuff and, and we'll hop on our hop on our uh, on our on the havoc order and off we go to another planet and sid's standing there waiting for them threatening them to say uh if you leave now i'm going to release the information that you've been here basically so uh yeah still even the you'd still you'd think by now they would have forged some kind of um boss uh, employee relationship at least but it seems like it's it's all based on threats or they're going to run away at the first opportunity uh, which i just forgot to mention earlier on so old school boss employee, <laughs> so boss employee yeah. I, if i have to be here i'll be here <laughs> and i will threaten you over it there you so go. there you there have you. it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls fellow troopers that is our thoughts on episode 13 infested we also have some feedback from last week's episode rescue on ryloth yes. uh, first up with an email from heather s who wanted to help clarify a few things on the last two episodes uh specifically on Ryloth. yes she did uh heather actually asked if we wanted to edit down her her email for use on air uh to edit it down but um I really liked your thoughts, Heather. So uh, I've left the full email in here as is because uh, I think there's some really good little things that we didn't pick up on. Perfect. Okay. Heather had this to say. Hey, guys. Crazy Heisen Bouquet Loving American is back in your inbox. Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. Heisen Bucket. <sighs> you got it right the first time, Chris. Okay. Nearly. <laughs> nearly. This time she feels an insatiable urge to share unimportant Star Wars minutia. It makes me feel better about wasting my life. Orn Free Ta is not dead because canon. Yes, Lucasfilm boxed themselves in post-Disney acquisition and promised all Star Wars media, movie, TV, comics, novels would be canon going forward. Mm-hmm. In this case, there's a canon book called Lords of the Sith, where Ornfrita appears, is set on Ryloth and involves Sham Sudola attempting to take out Palpatine and Vader. Interesting. The key point is that said novel is set roughly five years after the events of this show. Meaning, good old Cornfrater can't die now without breaking some prior canon. There it is. There we oh, are. Canon. It's a, it ties and binds everything, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is a fickle mistress. It is. <laughs> it really is. Heather had went on to say, Star Wars nerds everywhere screamed in terror last week at his apparent death because, well, we're nerds. It's what we do. Your interpretation is actually better storytelling, in my opinion, i.e. the Empire is running a scam and he's dead. I'd even buy the intended for the viewers who weren't the 0.000001% who might know this kind of detail to have that interpretation. Basically, having their cake and eating it too. Bonus, everyone is confused. Yes, Heather. Yes, they are. And yeah. I would, do you know the worst part about it? And I feel, and best part, worst part, the, the, our folks over at Lucas in Disney, um, they have a whole department around the lore. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest teams, the most important teams, is this team that just does nothing but discuss the lore and Mm -hmm. make sure when things are being discussed that there is no essentially this happening. Well, we heard in the in the first episode just after Crosshair had shot uh Ta in the head, we do hear the Admiral saying, You're being charged with attempted murder, and we were going what do you mean attempted murder? <laughs> that's that's clearly murder. Um, now, John, I, I can't remember whether John said this in the podcast last week. He did come up with uh, another theory, which was that <laughs> the brain isn't in the head uh, with this guy because he's a politician. So it could be another political statement from this show. Uh, I'm sure John did say that on the podcast because he, he's very proud of that joke. Uh, yeah, and it was good. I did laugh. Pretty good. So yeah, pretty good. Uh, and it's not often John comes up with a funny and we all laugh. Ooh, <laughs> oh. I can say that. He's not here. He's not here. Yeah. Heather went on to say, one final fun fact. The refining on Ryloth was said in the prior episode to be mining Dunium. This is the primary metal used in the Death Star construction. Keep up the great work. Still loving the show. Heather. Thank you, Heather. Very All good, things right. point to the moon. <laughs> That's no moon, Chris. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So we just we just missed out in the mention of what the metal was, but they yes. did mention the metal, and we wouldn't have known what dunium is uh, effectively. Uh, I think Caleb Dyer also sent us an email to clarify that as well, saying the mine in Ryloth is dunium mine. Uh, dunium is an extremely hard metal used in starship hulls, and dunium features very heavily in the novel Thrawn. Two novels we have to read now, Chris: uh, Lords of the Sith and Thrawn. Cool. Um, I, I, I'm currently knee deep in some comic books. Uh-huh. Um, when I take a break, I'll come out and we'll get into those. I think <laughs> I started Thrawn years ago. Um, the, there but, was an updated Thrawn, so there was the original Grand okay. Thrawn novels um, yeah. that were put out, and then unfortunately taken out of canon, but he's been put back into canon by the same author uh, who's written a new Thrawn novel featuring Grand Admiral Thrawn. Or his so basically he just photocopied his first one. And <laughs> he was like, what do I need to change to put this back into canon? <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the best-selling uh, Star Wars novel of all time at the time when it originally came out, so horrible that they had to take it out of canon, but this is Star Wars canon. They're trying to get things all aligned since they're able to do so much more than they were able to do when they only had three movies and everything else was in comic books and TV shows and uh, just loads of fan fiction, effectively. So uh, so now that they're able to do everything like animated shows and, and uh, t- connected TV shows and connected movies, they want to uh, streamline it all. But uh, but at least we did get the Thrawn novel as well. Uh, I'm also knee-deep in comics, just finished uh, the entire run of uh, Why the Last Man ahead of uh, the release of that uh, in September. I think the TV show is coming yeah. to Hulu. Um, so I'm fully finished on Why the Last Man, and it was just as great as I remember. I'm finishing Invincible for my oh, fourth run. <laughs> and I don't mean just the first couple of arcs. I'm going full way through start Excellent. to finish. So by the time we get to season two of Invincible uh, on our podcast, that'll be uh, you'll be fully refreshed again. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much, Caleb. And thanks, Heather, uh, for both your feedback. Uh, we do have some feedback also over on Facebook from Dr. Bob Phillips. He says, Nightmare birds and old mine carts and evil snakes and drug running and freefall abseiling all make for an enjoyable half hour. Looking for the story advancement. Um, Sid <laughs> isn't all bad. And Omega can see the nuggets of good in everyone. Uh, yeah, I get you, Bob. It was quite difficult picking up on the story advancement in this episode. But yeah, Omega's very good at seeing uh, the good in anyone she meets, no matter who they are. Um, I, I kind of like the idea that she says uh, the reason why she wasn't as down on the person that put her in this whole situation was because, well, Ruby the pet, you know, Ruby the, the creature that is snuggling up to him likes him. So we can't be all bad, right? 
hundred percent. I do want to call out uh, Dr. Bob's fantastic use of the ellipsis there. Uh, it was just like, looking for the story of Vazbud ellipsis. Um, dot, dot, dot. dot. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. I, did, I, I tried to give it my best dramatic reading. <laughs> yes. Pregnant pauses. You gotta love them. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that feedback, Dr. Bob. Yes, thanks, Dr. Bob. And one last piece of feedback hot off the presses from Victor Sellers. He says, Greetings, fellow troopers. It appears Omega continues to show her brothers the way. Her insistence they help Sid will strengthen the bond with her. The underground carts remind me of scenes from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Wrecker seems to have issues with previously easy tasks. Is he okay? The Pikes seem extremely dangerous. Could they be rivals of the Huts? I'm not sure where this episode will lead us. Will Roland return as an affable acquaintance or vengeful heavy? Perhaps they should move on before Crosshair tracks them down. Love your podcasts and super feedback. Cheers, Victor Von Doom. Thanks, Victor, for your feedback. Uh, yeah, something I didn't mention, of course, uh, the, the huts are really important to the galaxy. They're also uh, people that you get spice from, people that are, are uh, in battle with the other syndicates, of course. Uh, don't know why I didn't mention them earlier on, but yes, uh, the pikes and the huts would probably go up against each other or work with each other, uh, depending on the situation, I suppose. Um and yes, good point about Wrecker, uh, that you, you obviously noticed uh, his trepidation when uh, being put into the situation with Sid, where they had to uh, climb into the mines. I just took that as his issue that he has with heights, uh, once again, rearing its head. Uh, this unbeatable tank of a character has a major aversion to heights, definitely. <laughs> but thanks, Victor, for your feedback. And with that, we are at an end to our feedback. Mm-hmm. We are at the end of our episode. And you know what that means? Yes, it is time to head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industry where you can support us for a single intergalactic dollar mm-hmm. or you can give us a one-off payment and buy this beautiful editor in chief beside me, the man who keeps it all, the wheels turning, the space hamsters running. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you can buy him a coffee over <laughs> on buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI. Mm-hmm. Can't do Iced that. coffee, please. Oh, yes. We, we have a heat wave at the moment, and the <laughs> sun is beating down on me as I slay the soliloquy. But you don't have the cash to support us. Don't worry. We completely mm. understand. You can head on over to tvpodcastindustry.com, where you can subscribe to each and every single one of our feeds. Mm-hmm. You can head on over and also leave us a review. Can't do that. Don't worry. You can also just share the podcast, because sharing the podcast is sharing the love. Share it with your opa, your oma, your granny, your granddad. I'm back on the granny trains about sharings at the moment. I don't know why it came in the last episode and it's sticking. I love grannies and they need to be shared. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they don't need to be shared. But, no, uh, they don't, because that's actually quite but weird. But no, our episodes need to be shared with with anybody that be interested in hearing them. Exactly, exactly. You know, interesting fact this week is we got a shout out uh, when we started our Bad Batch podcast from a, a Star Wars fan that catalogs all of the podcasts that are out there for Star Wars. Um, just last week, he announced there at this stage there were twelve hundred podcasts in the world dedicated to just Star Wars. 1200 podcasts so thank you to every single one of our wonderful listeners who's listening to our discussions about star wars the bad patch because it's very difficult sticking out when there's that much of a universe of podcasting out there and lots of people who have uh, been doing it for years lots of people who've just started uh, looking back at movies lots of people have started looking back at the mandalorian uh, and some people uh, a few of our fellow podcasters covering The Bad Batch as well. So thank you so much for joining us uh, for our coverage of Star Wars The Bad Batch. We'll be back next weekend with our chat about Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode 14, War Mantle. 
which airs on Disney Plus from Friday, July 30th. Hmm. War Mantle. What could that mean? Sounds like the stormtroopers might be coming, Chris. What do you think? (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back. Thank you so much. You have a choice in your Star Wars podcast, and we are glad you have chose us. In the immortal words of John, rest in peace. (laughs) Keep watch, keep listening, keep trooping. John will be back next week. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, he'll be back. It's just, he's actually, he's playing golf. So I'm assuming he's resting on the green in peace. To be fair, he's uh, probably at this stage in the bar uh, on, the, on the 19th hole, as they always call it, uh, having a having a drink and, uh, and some food. So uh, he'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.